I had been seeking the Lord for a word and preachers know that, you know, during the course of seeking the Lord, you you hear all types of things and you know, you hear things that you think that you want to preach because you think that it will get a rousing response from people, amen. But we understand and we also know that we have to give a word that the Lord authenticates and a word that God allows to go forth to change his people because I don't want to be found in error, amen. And so we've been talking about church hurt on Wednesday night and for those who have not been in attendance, you miss, you're missing something, amen. We talked about how church hurt hurts church and how the effects of church hurt, how it affects the people, and invariably it hurts the church, amen. And we said that a church of healed people produces a healed church, amen. And that's the effect that it has, it has amen. And I want to kind of extend or, or, or expand on that idea of, of being hurt, amen, but in a, in a different manner, amen. And so for the subject of our word on, on this morning, I like to come from, I got an issue. I got an issue, amen. And if you don't mind, could you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if I can be totally honest with you, I got an issue. You know, and what's funny is I believe that your neighbor sitting next to you know that already. <laughs> and they say, I'm praying for you and your issue, amen. But our sermon topic on this morning is, I got an issue. I got an issue. I think that we all have an issue, amen, we, whether it's big or small, and I don't care what you're dealing with. At some point in your life, you're dealing with some type of issue, amen. And although physically I look fine, my spirit is wounded. I'm spiritually scarred. I'm spiritually wrecked, amen. Just because I stand with lifted hand, it doesn't mean that all is right in my life. Just because I'm shouting right now, it doesn't mean that I wasn't crying last night. Just because it, hurt, it doesn't hurt anymore, it doesn't mean that the wound has healed, amen. Some of us are spiritually wounded, and as a result, it has started to affect our lives, amen. We have started to bleed in other areas of our life. We have, it has started to impact other areas of our life. We try to hide it for so long, amen, but... After a while, amen, it, 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 it's just natural occurrence. It just happens, amen. So I got an issue. It's, it, it, it created an issue in me, amen. I've been looking for this. I've been preparing for this. I've been expecting this. I've been declaring this. I've been calling those things which are not as they were. And Lord, right now, I got an issue. My issue is that I'm not seeming to get any better. My issue is that my problem is not being fixed, not being addressed, amen? And with that being said, has anyone ever felt like the Lord has put you on hold? <laughs> has anybody ever felt like that? Like, Lord, has just done put you on hold? Your life is kind of like in a holding pattern, amen? You went to the Lord and you made a request of the Lord, and you heard from the Lord concerning that issue, that situation, Amen? And the Lord said he was going to honor that request. You got your confirmation number. 
and you're excited and you're anxious about that thing to hit your house, amen, that thing to come to your house, amen. But after a while, the mailman ain't bringing you your stuff, amen. I, Lord, I've been waiting. I've been looking, obedient, and yet still my issue still persists. So you checking the tracking on your thing, your blessing, amen, and it says it's out for delivery. <laughs> but it still ain't made it to your house yet. And so you wait a little while longer, and then at that point, you know, like we always do, we call the place. We call the place, and, and we say, look, I made my request known, Lord, and, and, and I just ain't got it yet. I've been waiting. I've been obedient. I've been doing everything that you asked Lord, and just like with the company that you may try to buy something from, you get sent to the complaint department. And in the complaint department is a whole bunch of folks who can't answer your question. So what do they do? Put you on hold. And so this is kind of where we find ourselves on this morning, amen, as we, we look at our, 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 our our scripture on this morning, amen, we, we see Jairus, amen, Jairus, he, 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 he goes to Jesus, and Jairus' daughter is dying, amen, and, and he's saying, Lord, he falls to his knees, he's begging the Lord, he said, look, Lord, if, if you just come to my house and just touch my daughter, she's going to be all right. I have faith in that you come, and if you come and follow me, touch my daughter, everything is going to be all right, and Jesus, he agrees to it. He's following Jairus, amen. He's following Jairus to Jairus' house, amen. But on his way there, Jesus get caught up in something. And so the Bible tells us that as he was moving and as he was going, that the multitudes thronged him, amen. They, they began to push upon Jesus. They began to crush Jesus, amen. And, and I need you to know that because there was a crushing, that there was an anointing that was let loose. And the anointing is not for those who press around, amen, but for those who press forward. I press forward toward, or I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, amen. That's what the word tells us. And so I need for someone to understand that in your difficult place and as you deal with your issue, I just need you to press. I just need you to press. I know it hurts. I know it's not fair. I know it may seem difficult. But I just need you to press toward the mark, amen, because your pressing forward will mark a new beginning in your life if you just keep pressing. If you keep pressing, your, it will, your pressing forward will mark an end to your situation if you just keep pressing forward, amen. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard, but I need you just to keep pressing forward, amen. And so, Jairus is like, Jairus felt like Jesus just curved him, amen. I just went over here, I done got on my knees, I'm praying to you. I'm asking that you come and you heal my daughter. And Jesus gets caught up in this situation of this multitude, amen, that, that, that's pressing on him, amen. And so, Jesus puts Jairus on hold for someone who has been holding on for 12 years. And in Malachi 3 and 17, God said, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. 
on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. So in the midst of this situation, there's this woman who has an issue of blood, amen, and she's deemed unclean. She's clean. She's deemed dirty, amen, and I need you to understand that you don't, please don't confuse what's on me with what's in me. Because she was dirty, and she was in a dirty place, in a dark place, but the Bible just told us that they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On that day, I will make them my jewels, and I need you to understand that jewels are found in the most dirtiest and darkest and nastiest of places. So I don't care how you dress yourself up. I don't care of how you try to fix yourself up. The Lord will find value in those that we overlook. Your worth is non-negotiable. The Lord will make, he will take that mess off off you, amen. And he will make you shine as pure gold. And I'm glad of that, amen. That your identity is not what's on you. Your identity is what's in you, amen. And sometimes we get caught up in that because we see people for their issues and we see people for what they're going through. We see people for their mess-ups and we see people for how many times they fell down, amen. Not understanding that there's something on the inside of them that keeps them pressing forward. And so Jesus sees this, well, this woman is in the midst of these people, amen, and the Bible tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood, amen. And so this woman's life was literally being drained away each day. Because of the woman's condition, she was unclean, amen. She couldn't get herself into worship, and she couldn't get her worship on because what was on her, and people wouldn't allow her to be around him, amen. And for 12 years, the Bible tells us that she spent everything that she had on physicians trying to make her whole and to make her better, amen. And for some of us, we're emotionally spent. We're physically spent. We're spiritually spent. We're financially spent, amen. Because we're searching in the wrong places for somebody or something to make us whole. And then we get like this woman and we're broken, amen. We're, we're, we're we're, 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 we're wounded, amen, and the Bible says that her condition gets worse because of, let me tell you something. We said on last week that you have to be careful about what you receive, receive from people because everybody's hands are not clean. We said that on last week, amen. So I need you to understand this as well because of your broken state, because you're wounded. You need to be careful because everybody is not able or capable of handling your issues. You're already wounded. And so that means someone with unclean hands, someone with dirty hands, will cause you an infection and cause you to get worse. And so sometimes we put ourselves in the hands of people whose intentions toward us are not pure. We put our hands in, in, in we put ourselves in the hands of people we call friends, amen. And, and Sister Pooh is a doctor. And more than her being trained as a doctor, she has been called to be a doctor. And there's a difference between somebody being called to be something and somebody just being trained to do something. Because when you're called to do it, it's in your heart. And you operate out of a sense of your calling. When you're just trained to do it, 
You operate out of your training, what you see. And so sometimes the reason why that person is not a good friend to you is because they weren't called to be your friend. Sometimes that boyfriend or that husband that you think you have, he wasn't called to be your husband because he has a spirit of boyfriend on him. That wife got a spirit of girlfriend on him. Sometimes we, we don't understand the nature of the relationship. And we make mistakes as a result of that, amen? And so for 12 years, she spent everything she had looking for a healing. And as a result, she was spent. And for, there's a couple things I, 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 as I began to read this text. It said that she came from behind Jesus and she touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And I've read this a bunch of times, y'all. A whole bunch of times. And one thing I wondered was, why in, why in everything that she could have touched on Jesus, she touched the hem of his garment? This is Jesus. Jesus has touched people and he's healed people with his hands. She didn't touch his hands. She touched the him and his garment. And, and you might say because she was in a lowly place and you might say that because of her uh, condition that she was trying to sneak around. And, and that can be true. I understand that. But I need you to understand this. And, and right now I'm going to teach you a little bit. Amen. Now the woman said to have touched the board of his garment and immediately she was made healed. But what she really touched was tassel that was hanging off of his robe. And it's called a zitzit. Amen? T-Z-I-T Z-I-T. And this was a tassel that Jews would wear on their robes, on the corner of their robes, and it would be a reminder of the Jews to walk according to the word of the God, uh, word of the Lord. Amen? Now the hem and the tassels of the outer robe were important because the robes were woven and decorated to show the person's identity and status in society. The hymn was symbolic of the owner's identity and his authority. The tassel was a sign of nobility. It made it, it was a it, it was a sign of nobility and it made it a noble robe, a royal robe, amen. The tassels also had a blue thread that was symbolic of the blue robes of the priest. So what she was doing was she was reaching out to his authority to help her situation. So we think that just because she was in the position that she was in and what she was doing was something that was just arbitrary, but no. There was meaning behind what she was doing because the tassel told her who Jesus was. And she was reaching out to her king. She was reaching out to her high priest, amen. She was making her request known. And so we need to understand this. And so we go back to 1 Samuel 24 and 4 and and we told how Saul was looking for David, and he was trying to kill David, amen. And he told, he was told that David was over here, and so he goes to try to find David. And, and Saul goes into a cave to relieve himself. Y'all remember that story? And so as he was relieving himself, David was in the cave that he was in, amen. So what does David do? He doesn't kill him. He takes off the corner of his robe. And so 
David, the Bible tells us his heart began to get, he got, he started trembling in his heart, amen. Why? Because the Bible says, do not touch my anointed and do no what? What David, was, what David was doing was he was removing Saul's authority, and only God can do that. I'm teaching y'all something right now. And so she was reaching out to the authority of, of God in, in her situation, amen. And I need you to understand that because of who she was and what she was going through, it was important because your issue is producing pain and not purpose in your life. Your issue is prohibiting you, prohibiting you from becoming pregnant with purpose. Your issue won't allow you to carry purpose. Your issue won't allow purpose to be birthed out of your life. Your issue has stopped you from believing, and since you can't believe, it's impossible for you to conceive. Happiness can't be brought, from your, brought forth from your life because you believe you will never find happiness. Joy can't be brought from, forth from your life. Why? Because you believe that your pain will never end. When ha what happens is instead of your belief influencing your issue, your issue, starts to your issue starts to influence your belief. Your issue is not your issue. The issue is not your issue. Your issue is your belief. Your issue says that you can't. Your issue says that you won't. Amen? But your belief should say you can't, but with God, I can your belief shouldn't, your belief woo, should say you won't, but with God, I will. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Your issue's objective, listen to me now, is for you to focus on you going through and not God pulling you through. So he's putting it on you. And the reason why you feel tired and the reason why some people need a spiritual alignment. Some people need a spiritual life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I say that because as you're going on the, your journey through life, and we said that this will be the year of progression, and for some of us, it has been. It has manifested to be so, amen? But in your journey, in your journey, you're going to hit some hard stuff in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. And as a result of hitting that thing, your alignment is off. And you're starting to pull to the left or to the right. No longer going to where God has determined that you need to go. You're starting to drift because of the hard thing that you hit in life. You started to lose focus on God, amen. And as you begin to, as you hit that thing and, and, and spiritual alignment is off, what happens? That means that your tires start to wear down. That means that your handling is off, amen. So that means that things that come on your life, you can't handle them right. And you're worn down because your alignment is off. And after a while, you're going to break down, amen? Some of us need a spiritual alignment because of our issue. I'm not saying that life is going to be okay. I'm going to say that you're going to go through some stuff. But at the end of it, it's going to be fine, amen? But you need to get a spiritual alignment before you end up drifting off into oncoming traffic, amen? And you really get hit on, get hit head on by something that you never were supposed to be in the way of. And so she was reaching out, one, for his tassel, which was his authority and, and his identity and who he was, amen. But then I realized something. 
Why did she come from behind him? Why didn't she just come in front of him or on the side of him? Amen. And so Psalm 27, 5 tells us, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me on a rock. Amen. And so as I read that and I, and I started meditating on that, I was directed to the book of Exodus and Moses. Amen. And Moses, he asked God, he said, God, show me your glory. And God tells Moses, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious to. And he says, I will, uh, I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Amen. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, so it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take my, away my hand and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. What does that mean, y'all? That means God has not turned his back on you. He's about to let his glory pass over you. God has made, he had made provision for her in the cleft of the rock. God had made healing for her in the cleft of the rock of Jesus, amen? His grace is in Jesus. His mercy is in Jesus. His goodness towards you is in Jesus. Jesus is how we see God's glory. When Jesus was taken to the burial place of Lazarus, y'all, and I need you to understand this, he told them, he said, take away the stone. He said, take away the stone. Lazarus had been dead for four days, and, and uh, Martha said, he probably is a stench, amen? But Jesus asked her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God. And for some of us, we need to understand that situation ain't dead. God, look, God transcends time, meaning that he's not a part of time. So I don't care how much time has passed. I don't care how much time has, has passed where that thing has been dead. Jesus can resurrect anything because he doesn't live in time. Time is a construct of man. All these things that we have in place is for us. God doesn't need that. God doesn't need time. Matter of fact, as I was telling Taj the other day, before we, get, we received the book of Genesis, Revelation had already been in existence. God knows all. He sees all. And so your situation is not out of hand as long as you put it in the hands of Jesus. Amen? And so he, she touched his tassel. Not his garment. She touched his tassel. Amen? And, and, and she came from around him. Amen? And, and Jesus said, who touched me? Out of all these people around, there was one person that touched him. She touched him, amen? He said, I perceive power going out, and that power was healing power, amen? And so, thank you, Holy Spirit. Y'all, Jairus went to Jesus so Jesus can come and touch his daughter, amen? And Jesus said that 
you will have faith to move mountains. Amen. And I love and I want faith that will move mountains. But I desire faith that would touch Jesus. I desire faith that would touch Jesus. I desire a praise that would touch Jesus. I desire a prayer life that would touch Jesus. I desire to touch Jesus with all my heart. Amen. Because if you touch Jesus, that means that he'll move for you. Amen. Can we just offer up a praise that can just touch heaven? No, seriously, like right now. <laughs> can we just, can we offer up a praise that would touch heaven? I ain't talking about the type of praise that just hit the ceiling and bounced back down. I'm talking about the type of praise that would go to the heart of the Father. Because there's a multitude of people here. But I want him to say, that's, that's my servant John. That's, that's his praise right there. That's my servant Derricka. That's her praise. I, I know her praise. I know her praise because I hear it often. I hear it morning, I hear it noon, and I hear it night. She, she's a praiser. I can distinctly identify her praise. Ken, that's his praise. I know he's going through right now, but he's praising right now. Elder Charles, that's his praise. I can, I can identify his praise, amen. Y'all, let me tell you something. A, a father and a mother, they know the voice of their children. They know the voice of their children. And when they call out, they know the reason why they're calling out. And they move as a result of that child's cry. And so when you cry out to the Lord, he moves for you because you touch his heart. You touch his heart because it was a heartfelt cry, amen? And so... As always, I ain't going to be for you long. I know y'all happy because football season about to start, amen. <laughs> and so Jesus says, look, somebody touched me. And Peter's like, look, Lord, there's so many people in this crowd. Anybody could have touched you. And it says a funny thing. When he asked who touched me, it says that, the people kept, wait, hold on, wait, hold on let, me, let me find it. It said that people were like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. I want to be the one, Lord said, who touched me? It was me, Lord. <laughs> it was me, I needed something, Lord. It was me, it was me. That was me, Lord. But everybody in the multitude, they denied it, amen, but the woman saw that she wasn't hidden anymore, and, and she came around, and the Lord began to speak to her. He said, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith made you well. Go in peace. And for a lot of us, as, as I begin to, to close, your issue is a faith issue. The word tells us without faith is impossible to please God, Amen. Now, she had her faith in the wrong people in the beginning of the story. 
And for some of us, we are bad stewards of our faith. Instead of her having faith, well, she had faith that someone would come along and heal her. Not understanding that her faith was better spent in understanding that the one who healed her is the one who's healing. Jesus was moved by her faith to press through what was all around her and to get into reaching distance of a blessing. I need you to understand that I have an issue, but my issue doesn't have me. God's got me. Just because you had to live like that doesn't mean that you had to die like that. I said this before, that your faith is the currency in the kingdom. And you cannot purchase anything without faith. When you go to different places, a different country, there's one currency, amen? And whatever money that you have, your buying power is negated because you don't have the money for that country. And so you have to exchange or convert your money to the money of the place in which you're in. If we're in the kingdom, there is no other belief that we can have except that God is God. God can do it. God is great. God is mighty. Jesus is the son of God. We have to have faith, amen? And the only way that your issue can be fixed is if you have the faith to do it. It was her faith that did it, y'all. She didn't have to pay $600 and turn around seven times. She didn't have to get spit on. <laughs> she didn't have to do any of that stuff. She went all around the world trying to find somebody that could complete her and to make her whole. When she had the answer the whole time, the whole time. Y'all need y'all to understand this. Pastor Sean and I love y'all to death. But y'all don't have to call us to pray for a breakthrough. The breakthrough is in you. The turnaround is in you. The overcoming is in you. It's not in nobody else. Now, if God tells you to go to that person, yes. But it's in you. It's in your faith. Your faith to believe. Your faith to overcome. Your faith to conquer. It's in you. Yeah, we would be poor pastors if we didn't try to empower you all. To try to strengthen you all. Because the enemy ain't going to fight y'all just in here. The enemy's not going to fight you just because we're around. The Bible tells you, tells us iron sharpens iron. Amen. Iron is a natural element. Amen. And so for people to be in your life, an element of that, they need to be iron people. You don't need steel people in your life. 
What is steel? Steel is an alloy. It comes from parts of iron and other things. It has the properties or some of the properties of iron, but it ain't iron. And so you got people in your life who got the properties of friends, but they ain't a friend. They got the properties of being a boyfriend, but they ain't a boyfriend. They got the properties of being a girlfriend, but they're not a girlfriend, amen? And when you have still people in your life, they still going to be lost. They still going to be not talking about nothing. They still going to be in the same place. Not only that, still people will steal your joy. Still people will steal your happiness. Why? Because they're not authentic, original iron. And you need iron to go up against you, amen, not steel. Amen? Amen. We all have issues. Everybody has an issue. Everybody I know got an issue. I don't know anybody that's not dealing with something or another. Amen? But just because you got an issue, that doesn't mean that's your identity. That's not who you are. And you, you have an issue, but more importantly, you got a Savior. Amen? Amen. Y'all get the word of God a hand and clap the praise.